This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mamalidi. You want to know what the best part about cheese is? You know what the best part is the variety. You know, you come to Cheese Week, there's 600 cheeses for you to choose from. You don't like blue cheese, fine, no problem. You don't like goat cheese, fine, no problem. Look, if you want six different types of cheddar, God bless you, do it, go for it, and enjoy it, okay? But to understand the beauty of cheese and to immerse yourself into the vast world that it is, get a firm cheese, get a blue cheese, get a soft cheese, get a creamy cheese, get a a cheese infused with something. Hit every cheese style. Just enjoy the world of cheese and just go knee deep in it and get the variety. That's cheese master Afrin Christine. He is Canada's premier cheese expert and owner of the Cheese Boutique with over 25 years of experience in the art of cheese making. He's the author of For the Love of Cheese and the host of the Food Network Canada's docuseries Cheese, a Love Story. Hey Afrin, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Let's talk about all things Afrin. What created and fueled your passion for cheese? What was it? Uh, You know, it actually started before I was alive. You know, my family's been doing this for 50 years. Uh, So they came to this country with nothing from different parts of Europe. And they came like many Canadians into Canada because it was the land of opportunity. It was, you know, to start a family, to start a new beginning, so on and so forth. And they did that. And they came here with nothing. Um, and there was an opportunity for a 500 square foot little, um, store, which could have been anything because it was bare bones and it was up in Blue West Village, not far from where we are now. And, you know, at the time there was, it was very heavily Eastern European and there was a butcher, there was a baker, there was a shoemaker, a hair salon, like there's a, just mom and pop shops one after another, there was no cheese store. And that's why they opened up a place called the Cheese Boutique, because there was no cheese shop on the strip. We didn't study cheese. I mean, we didn't, you know, the only thing my my parents knew about cheese was that they liked to eat it. That was it. (laughs) My mom was a Latin teacher. My dad studied political science and they opened up a cheese shop. Oh, God, I love that. Why? For one reason, to provide for their future family. So. That's where the passion came from was, for me, it's about uh, respect and it's about uh, showing respect for something that gave you everything. Cheese put food on our table. It provided for my family. How can't I not thank it and, you know, honor it the way I have for 25 years of me doing this in particular? That's what it that's what it's all about. That's my job is to have other people look at this ingredient the same way I do, which is with admiration, which is with love and which is with respect. And you have been, you do a lot with your passion and and with cheese. And you're also the host of the Food Network Canada's the very first ever docuseries, Cheese, a Love Story. So tell us about that. What exciting adventures are viewers in for? Uh, they've all aired now. They've all aired now, but you can get them on uh, Amazon Stacked uh, or um, they're on their website, uh, foodnetwork.ca. So yeah, it, uh, the Food Network approached me a couple years ago 
uh, about this project, really something they've never done. No one's really ever done this. I mean, globally, it's a cheese-focused travel show, which is what it is. Six-part series. You know, COVID, you know, played a role in it, unfortunately. But uh, we shot six episodes in um, Greece, France, Switzerland, Ontario, Quebec, and BC. One-hour episodes. And these cheeses take me to places that are unbelievable. And I'm meeting the best cheesemakers and cheese people and chefs on the planet. It's a really fun, approachable, wholesome show. It's real. It's unscripted and it's it's very organic. Um, I had a blast. I, I had a blast doing it and the time where we're going and uh, the Food Network got me involved really from the get-go on where we're going, who we're seeing, uh, you know, the cheese is involved because this is also what I do for a living, right, for 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 my whole life. So um, it was awesome and it was a hit and people loved it and we're thinking of doing more. Um, but it's just a real honest food show. I mean, of course, cheese is the anchor, but it, it it really says it in the name. And I think they nailed it with the name. It really is cheese a love story. Each episode is literally a one hour romance movie on cheese. We've taken cameras that have never been to certain places before epic cheese caves. And we meet like unbelievable chefs and uh, we're in Crete in the oldest island in the Mediterranean going up 2,000 feet up into the mountains with a shepherd. Like, it was amazing. And if you love cheese, you'll love it. If you want to learn about cheese, it was very educational. It was awesome. Like it was an amazing experience for me. I put my heart into it. Um, and, and uh, you know, the stuff I said to you earlier where I want people to look at cheese in a different way. This is going to help you do that. I can't wait for everyone. If you haven't seen it, to stream it. It's just, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it was cool. It was very cool. Are you up for a couple of games? Yeah, sure. Okay, we're going to start with this or that. Morning person or night owl? Well, this and that, because <laughs> I like to get about three hours of work done before people get up in the morning. So that's definitely be me being a morning person. But then I I don't sleep much. I don't need to sleep much. So um, I like staying up late. No way. Yeah, I feel naughty when I do it. <laughs> Grilled cheese or mac and cheese? I'm going to go with uh, grilled cheese on this one. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. If you're going to give me carbs, <laughs> I'm going to go with the and cheese involved in it. I'll go with the bread. So grilled cheese it is. Now we've got ravioli or dumplings. My Neapolitan mother would not be happy if I didn't say <laughs> ravioli. So <laughs> raviolis. Okay. With fries, ketchup or mayo? Neither. I despise mayo. I think it's the grossest ingredient in the world. No way. It's, it's my kryptonite. I don't know how people consume it. Look at a jar of Hellman and shake it. it it's disgusting. Hey, it's disgusting. Now, with everything opening up and we can have more people over and that ha that's happening again, I want to create a memorable cheese experience for my guests, but I don't know what my guests like. So how could I build like the perfect cheese board? What are maybe, are there any key elements of building like a crowd-pleasing board? Look, the best part about cheese, you want to know what the best part about cheese is? Tell me. You want know what the best part? Best. Is the variety of the cheeses. You know, you come to Cheese with Eat, there's 600 cheeses for you to choose from. You don't like blue cheese, fine, no problem. You don't like goat cheese, fine, no problem. You can get a good variety of cheese. That is the first step I tell people when making a cheese board. Get variety. 
look, if you want six different types of cheddar, God bless you, do it, go for it and enjoy it, okay? But to understand the beauty of cheese and to immerse yourself into the vast world that it is, get a firm cheese, get a blue cheese, get a soft cheese, get a creamy cheese, get a, a cheese infused with something, hit every cheese style, get five or six very different diverse cheeses. People always ask me, oh, what complements this cheese? Forget about complimenting it. What's going to contrast it? I like that. So you always kind of just enjoy the world of cheese and just go knee deep in it and get the variety. I think that's the biggest thing. And I think when doing that, you're going to appease a lot of different palates, right? The way I look at making a cheese board, I've made literally thousands in my career. Not one is the same as the next. And when I write, if you asked me, Mary, for a cheese board, I'd say, okay, no problem. I'm going to make it for you. But it's like me in a cheesy aspect, writing a love letter to you. I put my heart into it. I put my personality into it and I put my creativity into it. Then I can really personalize it for you. Cheese is not pretentious. It's made with two hands. It's a humble, noble ingredient. It's made with milk and salt. It's it's simple. It's simple. I think enjoying the simplicity of it is great. I think the variety is super important. And I think to have fun with it, I think, is the best part. Now, we've had wine tasting parties. Why not cheese tasting parties? Yeah, totally. Okay, so what are some very unique ones that you've tried or that you know of and would recommend for a cheese tasting party? I'd start with something... Uh, well, first I figure out what season it is. So, you know, if it's summertime now, I would start, you know, with uh, a really young, light, fresh goat cheese, just very like summery, super creamy. It's fantastic. I would start with that. And then you kind of build into, you know, a semi firm kind of six month old, like farmers, like Swiss style, something there's a great cheese made in Ontario called Five Brothers from Guns Hill Dairy. It's almost like based on a Gruyere recipe. It's lovely and it's flavorful, but like it's still light bodied. It's not like a pungent, powerful cheese. It's a good one to kind of ease into a cheese tasting. Then, you you know, slowly you start building the flavor. Then you can get into an aged cheddar. Cheddar's our thing in Canada, especially in Ontario. Get a three or four year, not too, too crazy. Yes, there's seven, eight, nine, ten years, sure. But like that, you're going to have towards the end of the cheese tasting. You want to build the, the flavors and go mildest to strongest. So, you know, a good three, four-year-old cow's milk, like acidic and salty cheddar, lovely. Then you can get like a little bit more creative with like a truffle-infused pecorino or, you know, a, a, a rosemary-rubbed sheep's milk cheese from Spain. Oh, that sounds good. Something a little wild, Cardi, you know, like something just a little um, a little different, infused with something. Uh, and then, you know, I love Dutch cheese. So like a really like aged Gouda, like three, four year old. That's like going to like rip your taste buds out. But like in a best in the best kind of way. Oh, sharp, that's my kind. Like very, that's mine right yeah, there. Very full flavor. Uh, and then ends with a blue. And that's six different cheeses. And explore the world. Like go Ontario, Quebec. We make amazing cheese in Canada. Go to Italy for a classic there. Go to France, go to Spain, go to Holland. Like I think to explore the world's best, I think is always interesting. Okay, now what about the cheese lovers that love cheese? 
but they're lactose intolerant. Oh my God. There's so much lactose free cheese. People don't know. Cave age, any Swiss cheese, Swiss Emmental, Gruyere. It's all lactose free people. All of it. Aged cheddars, lactose free. Parmigiano, lactose free. Goudas, Beamsters, lactose free. I'm telling you, most of the cheese that you're eating at home is lactose free. So they sell Gouda that's lactose free. Yeah, it's a marketing tool. All Gouda is lactose free. That is hilarious. Lactose is sugar. Lactose is sugar in the milk. In Dutch cheese making, that sugar is extracted and then the cheese is made. Aged cheddars, cheeses that are three, four, five years old, that lactose over time after gets naturally drained out of the cheese. Buffalo mozzarella, lactose free. Yes. Buffalo milk is lactose free. Sheep. It does contain lactose, but not as much as cow. Okay. But just find an aged sheep's milk cheese. It's not that it's lactose-free, but the lactose is not there anymore. Yes, because that's what bothers people who are lactose intolerant, is the lactose component of it. Right, it's the sugar. So if you're lactose intolerant, stay away from brie and camembert, okay? But you have a whole world of cheese. What about plant-based options? Are there any that you have your eye on? Yeah, absolutely. I'm myself making plant-based cheeses. I'm making a plant-based no, really? butter. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. We sell amazing stuff here at the store. More and more. Ten years ago, there was no such thing. But now there's a want. Mm-hmm. Where there's a want, there's a demand. Where there's a demand, there's supply. So now we're getting to have some awesome, awesome plant-based cheese. And wait five years from now. The, the, the options will just keep getting better and better. We're aging beautiful plant-based cheeses. Like we're aging cheddars and Parmigiano and all that stuff. Like it's, it's when I look at cheese and I'll tell you, I think from someone with my experience, I probably think slightly differently than most when it comes to something like this. But in 10 years, not even in 10 years, I've been in five. There's going to be goat cheese and sheep cheese and aged cheese and creamy cheeses and fresh cheeses and lactose-free cheeses, and plant-based cheese. It's just going to become another family of cheese. It's not quite there yet, but it will. And you make a lot of your own label in-house as well, right? Yeah, yeah, lots, lots. Like we do, I just made my own feta and a feta marinade and um, like this Mediterranean-style marinade with uh, crushed marcona, almonds, red wine vinegar, Greek dry oregano, sesame seed, tahini. Oh my God. It's it's awesome. And it's like, it's a dish in itself, right? With all these flavors. It's like very umami and like very versatile in salads and stuff. And very yummy. It's just getting creative. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's just about, you know, it's being creative. It's being creative. It's understanding, you know, there's certain flavors that work together better. Um, and, and then just kind of implementing it and adding the cheese to it. I'm Mary Mammoliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with master cheesemaker Afrin Pristine, the owner of the Cheese Boutique in Toronto. How would you describe your own cooking style? It's old world meets new school. Mm. So it's like I'm very old world trained. My mother's Neapolitan, so my, my food is very Mediterranean. Um, which is very classic, uh, very traditional, very simple. But I think adding some enthusiasm um, and youth 
and an excitement to that, I think is important. That's my style of food. It sounds like just fun. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I, it, it ain't pretentious. Like I'm not that kind of person. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm truffles and foie gras, and you know that stuff doesn't interest me. A good, you know, cacio e pepe yeah. or a good uh, a good cheese with a baguette and marcone almonds. Give me that over a million dollars worth of black truffles. Honestly, I am one of those people that are probably standing alone on that island that are not a truffle lover. Yeah, I I can't stand them. Oh my I, gosh! I, I think okay, I think thank they're overpriced. you. I think they're overpriced. I think they're they're you know they're okay, but you know they're so seasonal and uh, you know they're 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 very hit and miss. And I prefer mushrooms, yes. right? Like like that's just look. That's this is just me, right? We sell mountains of truffles. We continue will. Or, or we can, uh, we will continue to do so. For me, I just don't love them, and I prefer a chanterelle mushroom or whatever. Okay, so what's a dish that you've either made yourself or you were served that you will never forget? Uh, you know, my mom makes these like stewed chickpeas. Mm-hmm. So she's from Naples, right? So it's just like one pot cooking, you know. So these stewed ch- chickpeas and like tomato and onions, but like soaks the chickpeas overnight and just salt, pepper, and garlic. That's it. But I take those chickpeas and I make just like a stew, like pasta kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So just reduced chicken stock, uh, a good bronze dye extruded dry pasta, that chickpea mixture, tons of Parmigiano, um, a bit of tomato paste. And it's just like, and like reduce it all down. So it's like everything is reduced into the pasta. It might be the most comforting hearty, rich meal. And it just, yeah, it coats your body. You know, for me, it's very nostalgic and it's stuff I grew up on. Um, I made it not long ago, actually, because my mom made me the chickpea. So half the work's done for me. And I just kind of add those few other things. But I, you know, there's, I've never served it to anyone who didn't love it. It's food you, you crave, right? And that's kind of food I like to eat. And it's, um, very comforting. It's simplicity. It's simple, but it's yeah. t- it's taste. It's full of flavor. Totally, totally. We grew up with the same type of dish because my parents are from the south as well. We called it pasta chechi, and it was yeah. It was. It, this is very similar to that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's no meat in this one. I don't know if you put nope, meat nope, in yours, but no yeah, meat. Yeah, mine's vegetarian. Some put pancetta or something, but the, it's kind of pasta and chechi on steroids. Yeah. Yes, that's what it sounds like. I love it. What's your go-to? dish that you make yourself or you 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 love making that's just something that okay i gotta eat something this is what i'm gonna make or this is or i crave this i think burrata and peaches are one of my favorite combinations and especially now uh i make like a really like summery fresh vinaigrette with white balsamic and sumac and which like that floral spice Mm -hmm. and uh fresh chives salt pepper um um, some thyme or another herb or something in there, uh, crushed pistachios in the vinaigrette and just kind of like mix it all together. It starts to thicken and the nuts take all the flavor of everything else in there and just pour, pour it onto uh, peaches and burrata done with crusty bread. That's I'll have that later. Probably. Oh my gosh. Now I want that. Yeah. I really love that. And it's super summery and very fresh and it's, it's fantastic. Is there anything you're currently experimenting with? In the kitchen, plant-based cheese. I'm making a lot of plant-based dairy products, actually. So, uh, you know, um, 
plant-based uh, butters and I'm making a queso, like a cheese dip, uh, like a nacho dip thing uh, and some and, and some uh, cheese too. Okay, there has to be some stories in there because I know when you're recipe testing and you're experimenting with new products and then you're, well, you're, you're creating them. Yeah. The process going along, have you had a couple of tries where you kind of get to that first level of, okay, I'm liking this now? Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm very cerebral, so I know how ingredients work. I mean, this is my job to know that. I have 16,000 ingredients at Cheese Boutique. It's my job to know how every one of them tastes and works with others and so on. So for me, it's just doing it on like a scientific kind of biology level in my brain and then just doing it physically. But yeah, some work, some, some don't work, but that's the fun part, right? That's the, that's the part that, you know, nobody will ever get on the first try. Food is attached to so many memories, so many cherished memories. Are there any, is there a story or something that a cherished memory of yours that is linked to food? My relationship with food and memories is, I think, different than most because, uh, you know, the best memory is, or to answer your question, working with my family in our food shop. Those are the best memories I've had, and I'm still living them today. All of us, you know, there's four boys in my family, mom and dad, working under the same roof. Those are the best memories I've ever had. And at the end of the day, it's it's we're wrapped around food, and it's all about procuring good food and learning about it and cooking it probably different than most, Mm -hmm. but, but, you know, that's the one that sticks out at me the most. And that's the one I love the most. And I love asking this question. What does Canadian food culture mean to you? Canadian food culture. You know, my dad, you know, he's my mentor, my boss for many years. He speaks six different languages fluently. Wow. And, you know, we'll have, Edith Piaf playing and on the speakers at the store. And we have this European feel to the store. And my dad has these like really interesting accents and working alongside him. People always said, you know, what nationality are you? And he said he was Canadian before anything. That, that to me is what Canadian food is. It's someone like my father, he was like a European hippie. So, you know, he lived all over Europe. He lived in France and Belgium and Germany and Italy and Albania and Turkey, everywhere, Switzerland. And, you, you know, living there, learning the language, understanding the culture, being immersed in the culture, being immersed in the food, you absorb experiences and you absorb all of it. And then you come here and then you put your footprint, your footprint on Toronto or Montreal or whatever. That is what Canadian food is, a mix of different cultures, cuisines. I don't want to use the the word diversity because it gets thrown out way too much. But that's what that is. It's being immersed. Canadians have been immersed in hundreds of different cultures and cuisines around the world. And then they come to the this country, the best in the world, and put their footprint on this country. That to me is what Canadian food is, being able and having the ability to put your personality and footprint on the Canadian cuisine mentality. I got a couple more quick games. Are you up for it? Yeah, no problem. Okay, rapid fire. Tell us one thing most people don't know about you. I had a stutter from the time I was five to 10 and I did five years of speech therapy. 
uh, at Sick Kids Hospital. Name or sing a song that always puts you in a good mood. Uh, I'm not gonna sing it, but <gasps> I thought you would sing it. Uh, we'll sing no, it together. No, it's um, <laughs> a good question. That always puts me in a good mood. Always. Island in the Sun by Weezer. Oh, good one. All right, favorite ingredient to cook with. Lemon. Oh, I love that too. Okay, curse words you use in the kitchen. Uh, we have a no cursing <laughs> policy at Cheese Boutique. I don't like cursing. And I'm actually quite stern on this. Good for you. I don't like it. It makes people feel uncomfortable. There's many words you can think of. That's not a curse word. To express yourself. That's actually, if you come ask the staff here at Cheese Boutique, they know. They'll agree. They'll say, oh yeah, Afrim hates swearing. Final question. What yes. is your kitchen confession? Can you share one with us? Please. Yeah, sure. So a kitchen confession, I guess it's uh, how you want to look at it. Maybe more a vice than a confession, but it's definitely a confession actually, but it's definitely a vice. Um, I love, uh, I love going to movies. I do. And, and, you know, over the last couple of years, you haven't been able to do that, but I discovered that Cineplex is on Uber Eats and you can order movie theater popcorn with butter, Twizzlers, Reese's Pieces, and iced tea right to your door while you're watching your favorite movie on your couch. That's like not only one of the greatest moments of my life, it's definitely a kitchen confessional slash vice. And how often are we are we doing this? <laughs> At least once a week. I'm not <laughs> exaggerating. I'm not kidding. Don't judge. I got lots of more skeletons in my closet, but I'm happy to share that one with you. <laughs> so you've been keeping Cineplex afloat during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, oh, I totally have. I miss going there. I miss going there. And there's just something about it. There's something about the bag. You know, there's something about the greasiness of the butter. Do you, and, you share know, your popcorn I, or is it just you? You have to have your own. Your wife has her own. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no, no shares. Yeah, yeah, we get it. <laughs> Yeah, and then the dog gets the crumbs, but um, <laughs> no, no, we each get our own, and uh, uh, you know your your gut that hates you the next day, yeah. but say la vie, I'm down <laughs> with the ship, so I'm happy to do it. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. You are amazing. Thank you so much. If listeners want to reach out for more information from you, where can they find you? How can they reach you? How can they get in contact with you? Um, just yeah. I was going to say something rude, but I will not. Cheesebutique.com. Cheesebutique.com is a website. Uh, We have Instagram, at Cheesebutique or at Afrim Pristine. And uh, yeah, just come to Cheesebutique. I'm here. He's there. Come say hi. He's there. We'll have some fun. It's that time. We've reached the end of another show. Did we get your stomach growling? Head over to kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. Plus, you can check out ami.ca forward slash kitchen confession for all the latest on the podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and review so we can keep bringing you more episodes you'll love. Our producer and editor is Matt Agnew, and I'm your host, Mary Mammolini. Thanks for listening. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.